Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron Lack. No, oh, he got the house. No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. This guy's about to tear my head off. This your text message earlier. When? Because <laughs> I was talking about changing the time. <laughs> Dog. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to let the audience at least have one consistent time for one week then, before we And then you're gonna try to put me on blast, talk, excusing me of stealing your 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 tweet, your post. I, I didn't accuse you I didn't accuse you of tweeting anything. All or right. stealing anything. So uh, you could have at least retweeted me. I mean you could have. I didn't see <laughs> it. You could have. <laughs> As much as you're on X, you didn't you didn't see that. I honestly did not see it. I'm surprised I didn't because I saw how many uh, views it had. I didn't see it. I really didn't. Mm, that's just so convenient. Yeah, somebody it's, DM'd that to me. So convenient. Wow, what a week! What a, what a week it's been, and it's only Tuesday. Lord of mercy, I made sure everybody knows knows that we're live here on Chiefs Coast to Coast, episode sixty eight, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Mark Gunnels out in L.A. Steven Serta behind the board. Aaron Ladd here in Kansas City. We actually both predicted this, not the way that it happened, but I think we both last week said trap game, L possibly coming, Buffalo's desperate, and what do you know, uh, another one one score loss for the Kansas City Chiefs, Mark Gunnels, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, I picked the Bills to win this game, but I didn't expect it to go in that fashion. But I will say, when the Bills went up 14 to nothing, I was like, this game's about to get ugly. <laughs> like, like it, it had all the makings of being a complete blowout because the Bills were moving the ball. Chiefs offense still look out of sorts, still had self-inflicting things going on. And like I said, overall, I mean, this Bills team, they were 6-6 six and six heading to this game. They lose this game, especially against an AFC opponent where they were already under 500 in the AFC. And we see how jumbled it is in the AFC in that wild card chase. Tiebreakers is going to be a huge factor who gets in those last couple spots. So they desperately needed this game and they almost blew it. Like, let's just be honest. I mean, they had terrible... the play calling, bro. The play yes, calling, down the, the clock stretch. management. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wild. Like, I thought the Chiefs were, were going to get the ball back and they got it back like before the two minute warning. I'm like, how did that even happen? <laughs> it was almost like Sean McDermott was trying to get his pink slip in Orchard Park the next day. I mean, that was you're nasty, inexcusable, you're nasty. inexcusable, you're man. Nasty and, it, and it's, it's going to be forgotten because they won the game, but that's not a good omen for them. And they have to play the Cowboys this week. That would be a big game in Buffalo. But 
Back to the Chiefs side of things. I mean, I, I will say this. Let's just start off with the positives. Can I, we start I, off with the intro? Can, well, we start, can we start off with the well, intro? Well, you kind of <laughs> just like jumped into it and gave me like, <laughs> you gave me a layup. Like you didn't even like, it was a weird, and you were talking about, never mind, just go ahead. Uh, Chiefs Coast to Coast Zero and Pride Podcast Network, episode 68. I did that part of it, but I want to make sure that the audience knows that they can be a part of our show, Mark Gunnels. 816-514-1267 is our voicemail line. We actually have plenty of voicemails from this last week. We got some at halftime. We got some post-game. So we got three voicemails we'll play on the pod this week. We love making y'all part of the show. Hashtag C2C if you're tapped in on X. We got somebody already tapped in with us on YouTube, says the Chiefs. Need to go back to an 80s brand of football. That's that, that's on YouTube already. So active chat early. Love making y'all part of the show. Mark Gunnels just can't wait to talk about this letdown for the Kansas City Chiefs. I know another thing that he's going to be excited to talk about. What's that? You, you went perfect in Vegas last week. Man. Oh, I just wanted to hear you say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, keep that same energy. You you get you be so happy and excited when I'm oh when I go 0 and 3. But when I go 3 and 0, it's like you went 3 and 0 in Vegas this week. Like, dang, bro, I thought we was bros. That's if I crazy. had if I had some flowers here, I would give them. I don't have I don't have any flowers nearby. But I'll Late give you a little push, man. <laughs> I don't know about Late season push is on the way. Talk soon. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Let's but, get you know, yeah. look, you want to get right into the Chiefs recap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mahomes avoids. He's a magician. Chiefs recap. Twenty to seventeen, the final as the Kansas City Chiefs fall to eight and five on the year. Mark Gunnels, it was the sixth time this year that Kansas City failed to score. More than 20 points. How mighty this offense has fallen. Also, their fourth of five losses that comes with single digits or by a one-score margin. Um, four out of their five losses by a one-score margin, including this one. The greatest play that never was is my first markdown here on our notes list. And uh, I kind of want you to get back into what we were talking about uh, to start off the show. We're looking at it now if you're joining us now on the Video audience, uh, Travis Kelsey, the the gutsy lateral. I mean, perfect spiral, by the way, as well. Like that, that's another thing that's going to be forgotten, and it's just how good of a good of a throw that was from '87 to Kadarius Tony. But Mark Gunnels, just put very plainly, who's most to blame for this play not counting, and then maybe Kansas City's fifth loss of the year? Who's most to blame in your in your opinion? <sighs> That's such a loaded question. It doesn't have to be. Uh, take it how you want it, then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> take it how I you want it. If there's no, if there's nobody to blame, then don't blame anybody. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna go to the referees first. Wow. Because Dan Orlowski, the great Dan on ESPN, I don't know if you saw the, the video. I saw he the broke, video. Yeah. He broke down that there were several other occasions in the game where Kadarius Tony was lined up offsides. And it wasn't called once until the last minute of the game. So here's the thing: I can, you're, you're, I, can, I love your reaction. <laughs> so here, here's the thing: <laughs> nobody is arguing if he was offsides or not. Everybody concedes that point. The argument is 
Why wasn't it called throughout the game? Why are you calling it now and you let it go the entire game? And if you tell me, well, maybe they didn't catch it earlier in the game, then that tells me you are inept as an NFL official if you didn't catch it the previous four times. That is my issue. And it's one of those calls that rarely ever happens. You know, you posted the 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 post. I, since I didn't retweet it, let me give Aaron Ladd his credit. He's the one that posted it and got over half half a million impressions on it. That Andy Reid has called over or been a part of over 25,000 offensive plays in his career. That was the first time an offsides was called on a, on, a, on, a, on a wide receiver ever in his career. And I saw another stat as well. That was the first time that was called against the Chiefs since the mid-90s. It was 1995, I think is the... I was five years old. No, Damn, I was four. Were, I was four. Old. I was Jeez. four years old. You probably weren't even born yet. I was negative one, yeah. So I have a feeling where you're going to go with this, but... Where do you think I'm going to go? Where do you think I'm going to go with this? I think you're going to just blame Kadarius Tony and say you need to do better. Does he not need to do better? Yes, but it's more context around it, Aaron. If you're the, so, if, are you telling me out of those 25k plays that Andy Reid has called or been a part of, this is the first time somebody's ever lined up offsides? If you're telling me that, then you have it, Aaron. You have it. But I no, find that very hard. No, to because I think a lot of the frustration that we saw from the podium post game was about the process, right? Like. I think we've all seen this at multiple levels of football all across the board. The wide receiver gets to where they're supposed to be, either on the line of scrimmage or off the line of scrimmage. They make a hand motion to the uh, official, kind of making sure that they're in the right place. The official kind of lets them know from their perspective where they should be, if they're in the right spot to avoid a penalty. Even if they're not in the right spot, I've seen instances where refs will go to somebody on the sideline. doesn't have to be Andy Reid. doesn't have to be Kadarius Tony. Could be a quality control coach. Could be a wide receivers coach. Could be anybody and just say, hey, tell 19 to watch his alignment. Hey, if he keeps lining up like that, I'm going to be forced to call it. Like usually, and Andy Reid kind of voiced this in his Monday, not his Sunday, but his Monday presser or Zoomer, kind of saying that where his more most of his frustrations came from were the breakdown in the relationship between the officiating crew and the Chiefs sideline. And it's a Sheffers, it's a Sheffers crew. So there's history here, and there's already a dynamic that they came into the game with. I know that's the elephant in the room. That's kind of the dark cloud that's kind of hiding over this. But, Mark, you Kansas City tells us part of these little cliches that they spit out all the time and things that we get from them on these from these podiums on Wednesday and we go into the locker room, they tell us all the time, doing your 111th, just doing my 111th. If everybody does their job and does their assignment and locks down what they're supposed to do, we'll be the best team in the National Football League. We'll be defending our title. Kadarius Tony has not done his job all year. G- give me an instance in where Kadarius Tony has completed his has fulfilled what has been asked of him. What this year? Yes. I can't think of a moment off the top of my head. The Orlowski video, while it does, it, like it does, give credence a little bit to the inconsistency of the officials calling it why call it in that spot if it looks like he was lined up the whole time why is Kadarius Tony not checking with the officials at any point in time in the game and, and why do why is he not doing that very basic part I mean to me to me this was not why they lost the game obviously they, they made mistakes up and down they started slow defensively again there was an opportunity as you mentioned for the Bills to go up 21 nothing and really put this game 
out of whack, but there's drops. There's the Rasheed Rice fumble at the worst possible time. Patrick Mahomes' interception, while it wasn't necessarily his fault, it did kill that early game momentum on the first drive. They're just not consistent enough. And I texted you right after this game and said, I'm out on them being Super Bowl contenders, and I'll double on it. This team can't consistently score 21 points, Margunos. I don't know how you're going to win a Super Bowl in this, this year scoring 20 points a game. I just don't see it. So here's the thing, and this is where you're off. And you, sh- you I hope you didn't post this because you're gonna get you're gonna be on fro- frozen cold takes if you posted that on X. I did. That this team can still go to Super Bowl. Who in the AFC are you scared of? You scared of the Miami Dolphins team that just lost to the Tennessee Titans? They're, I'm they're not ready. talking about they're, other teams right now. We'll talk about matters, the AFC. Aaron. We'll talk about the AFC playoff picture a little bit. I'm talking okay. specifically okay. about okay. Kansas City, Mark. I'm talking about consist. I'm talking about their ability consistently to score three touchdowns a game. I'm talking about their ability to play four full quarters. What is Kansas City's best win of the year? Like just top to bottom, like. I would probably say, I mean, I, if you're talking about like from quarters one to four, it was the Bears game. <laughs> I, I, I Usually, we're talking about the last four weeks of the year, right? We're talking about playoff scenarios. We're talking about this team trying to lock down a, a number one seed. They're trending in the wrong direction. And I can't ignore, I can't ignore the last month of just bad play because they've had opportunities to win. Because they haven't closed out those opportunities. And I think a lot of part of the Mahomes frustration that we saw on the sideline, too, is because he realizes, I mean, as as Andy Reid said, we're close, but we're far. Close only counts in, in uh, horseshoes and hand grenades, as they would say. Like they, they're, they're close. They're just as close to being a team who loses the division for the first time in the last seven years. So here's a key part that you're missing here. Mr. Aaron Ladd, a lot of championship teams, especially teams that are on the brink are, are already established as a dynasty. They go through these type of rough patches. It happens all the time. We saw it with the Michael Jordan and, you know, all of that drama they have with their GM and stuff like that. The Patriots had a lot of rough patches in Tom Brady's seasons, but sometimes you need that one defining moment. And I truly believe that can go either way. It can either go completely off the rails or this could be the moment that catapults them to get back to that level. And what I'm talking about is the Mahomes outburst. Yeah, they've had games over and over again. We talk about the same thing about mental lapses, beating yourselves, right? Same thing happened this past weekend. But the difference is you have Mahomes finally snap. All Every other time, it's a PR answer. He's a great role model. He takes the blame. We've never seen him like that before, to that extent, ever. So I truly believe if that doesn't get these guys focused and locked in, because let's be honest, a lot of these things are fixable. That's why I can't be out on this team. You think you're so? A, yes. You're you think a, being in the bottom half of the league and penalties is fixable uh, I do. two weeks before I Christmas? Do. I, I, think that's a, I think that's a focus thing. I think that's a simply a focus thing. You think scoring 22 points a game is, is fixable? You're just going to turn into a lot one of, of the elite A lot offenses? of those are due to like penalties that are fixable. Drop passes. You lead the league in drops. <clears throat> these guys are – I'm not asking these guys to be Randy Moss and Terrell Owens. You made the NFL because you can catch the football. I don't think these guys just forgot how to catch a football. So, to me, that that is a lack of focus. Now, is that because Eric Bannon is gone? Maybe some of that is there. A, lot, uh, a lack of accountability could be a thing, right? That's the thing we keep hearing about. But 
seeing your leader go off like that, if that doesn't do something to you, if that doesn't sharpen you in this week and get you laser focused in the film room, in the locker room, ready to go, and you're going against lesser opponents these last four games, and that matters, your last four games are against all backup quarterbacks. You're playing the Patriots and Bailey Zappi this week. You got the Raiders on Christmas and Aiden O'Connell. The Bengals now, Jake Browning looks like a pretty good quarterback, even though he's a backup. That may he's be open. Yeah, that 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 one won't be uh, an easy game. And then you end the year against the Chargers. I'm not even sure who their backup is. Because Justin Herbert, they announced today that he's out for the Eastern season. Stick, I believe. Yeah, Eastern Stick. Yeah. So you have a chance, Aaron, to realistically win out. And you're telling me you're done with this team? If So you must don't think they're going to win out if that's the case. Because I find it hard to believe if you think they finish the season 12-5, and have some good momentum, hand to the playoffs, at the very least, I, that probably makes you the two-seed. At the very least. Because the Dolphins are going to lose one more time. They play the Cowboys. They play the Ravens. They play the uh, Bills. So that most likely is going to happen. So I, I think you're going a little too far here. I, sh- I need to tell you to take your own advice. Yellow light, lad. To be out on this team, especially in this watered-down AFC with no Joe Burrow, no Aaron Rodgers, no Deshaun Watson, I think that's very premature of you. Yeah, I just can't ignore how KC has been playing late, but I hear your point about Mahomes being fired up, so I want to get to some sound from post-game after the Bills. This is moments after, maybe 20 minutes after the flag is thrown, Mahomes, and I even messaged this to you on X, you know, he took his jersey off before he even before he even hit. There's two flights of stairs at Arrowhead. There's a flight down from the playing service into the tunnel, flight back up before you hit like kind of a runway, walkway, uh, touchdown club before getting to the locker room. That jersey was off before he even got off the white lines of the field in Arrowhead, which told me something. He was frustrated. This is what he had to say about the flag from the podium uh, on Sunday. Take the game into his hands over a, a call like that that doesn't affect the play at all, at all. Didn't affect anything. Um, I mean, it's just tough, man. And like I said, man, that's a Hall of Fame tight end making a Hall of Fame play that won't be shown because we threw a flag on front offensive offsides. And so it takes away from not only this game and this season, but from a legendary career that Travis has had. And, I mean, that hurts me because I know how, how hard he works for it. What you got to say? The Chiefs were not going to get any sympathy from the league, dog. Like, I was in a couple spaces after this because I just could I had to hear what the pulse of the fan was, right? Like, I knew what my perspective was, but I wanted to hear what the streets were saying. And uh, I just can't believe people are surprised that, like, nobody came to the to Mahomes' defense. Like, like he's been busting the leagues behind thanks to some, some good calls or some 50-50 calls that went their way. Uh, the last five years, like this is that I don't want to say whiny because we heard a lot of that. And there's been a lot of that talk on social media. I even saw a little caricature from the Buffalo news that was making the rounds today. I think we started to see some cracks in kind of the company because, you you know, I'm famous for saying Mahomes is is extended management and he's going to go up there and tow the company line. This was not that. This this is this is a deviation from that. And I wonder if it's just emotion or if it's something bigger and maybe a sign of things to come. If they went out, we'll never know because obviously winning cures everything. But I, I, 
I wanted to pose to you as we kind of put a bow on on Chiefs Bills here and, and keep going here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. Like the Mahomes meltdown, if you will, was that him trying to inspire his team or was he just fed up with them losing these close games down the stretch? I think it's the latter. It was a combination of every single thing. And actually, Gary here in the chat on YouTube explained it perfectly. I was going to go there. You know, you're talking about the game the week before. You didn't get an obvious pass interference call after the game. Mahomes was still politically correct, said all the right things, didn't have a meltdown, have the NBS drop against the Eagles, right? And I'll even go back. People forget that Denver game that they lost. You see the final score, you're thinking, oh, 24 to 9. But remember that Sky Moore dropped the touchdown that would have put him within one possession? Which one? There's just so many to choose from. <laughs> he dropped the touchdown pass in Denver. I, I, I know the one. Back of the end zone. And if he would have caught it, they would have been within one possession with about seven minutes left. So who knows what happens? And I remember that game, McCall Harmon muffed a, a punt. And, and like at the one yard line. So it's been a lot of these type of things that were out of Mahomes' control that ends up in losses. And he has to stand at the podium and take the heat because he's the face of the team, the face of the league. So I think he just reached his breaking point. He just reached his breaking point. He, he showed us that he's actually a human being. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. We've seen all the greats have these type of moments. I, I know you've seen the clips of Tom Brady that Chiefs Kingdom is putting out there now because people are like, nobody was saying about Tom Brady. He's a crybaby or whining. He was the ultimate competitor when he was breaking tablets and running, uh, chasing referees in the tunnel. So it's, it's okay. It happens. I'm glad it happened because I'm tired of – hearing the same answers over and over again. We just have to clean some things up. Go back to the drawing board. Blah, blah, blah. You're there. You're, you're there. You're here every week. So I want to hear something different and because maybe you get a different result. We've been hearing the same thing every week with the same results. So mix it up. Get mad. Get angry. I'm okay with that. And let's see how they respond. Let's... Uh... I don't think we need to hear from Mahomes cleaning it up. He went on 610 yesterday with our guy C dot kind of backtracked a little bit said, Hey, you know, I feel bad about my interaction with Josh Allen. He really didn't have anything to do with it. I, I, I just, I, I don't know if they have what it, I don't know if they have what it takes to overcome a lot of the, a lot of the consistency issues, a lot of the penalty problems. This is just who they are, especially offensively. I don't think the answer comes out of a players only meeting. I don't think you have a kumbaya just fix a lot of these slow starts or it, yes, I still think they make the playoffs, but my question now is does the playoff loss come at home or does it take come on the road at this point in time for the Chiefs? How about a bright spot? Let, let, let's talk some positivity as Mark Gunnels rolls his eyes here on Chiefs Coast to Coast episode 68. Wanya Morris steps in for Donovan Smith, does an admirable job. The numbers from Caleb James, who does a great job uh, for Arrowhead Pride, are as follows. 45 pass blocks, 39 of them wins, 17 run blocks, 13 wins there. Uh, only four pressures and three quarterback hits allowed. This is a rookie. This is a young guy um, who's stepping in and 
talked to him in the locker room before this game and after this game. He was excited to get, you know, just his first real NFL snaps. And I thought he played well, Mark Gunnels. I think this is this is something that we're going to monitor for when Donovan Smith comes back is if do we have a do we have a controversy here? I think you 100 percent do. And I'll tell you right now, because, you know, I'm in the streets, so I know what the Chiefs Kingdom's talking about. If Andy Reid, <laughs> when Donathan Smith is ready, puts him back in the lineup, you're going to see a complete – talk about a meltdown. You're going to see a complete meltdown on the timeline. They're, they're gonna, people are going to be outraged because this kid has came in and he's playing good. He's playing well. And you know how I know he's playing well? I don't even really notice him when I'm watching the game. That's how I know. Well, if I notice you too much – as the offensive lineman, that's not a good thing, uh, Jawan <laughs> Taylor and your penalties. But that's a whole different story. But, no, I'm, I'm excited. I think this is good. It was a, a blessing in disguise that this happened because now I think you have a, a solid answer moving forward at the left tackle position. You have your left tackle of the future. And I, I feel very comfortable saying that. You pick this guy in the third round. And who are we to push back on Brett Veach when it comes to drafting offensive linemen? I mean, you got great value on Creed Humphrey, obviously. Probably the second best center. You could argue with him and Jason Kelsey for number one. But at the very least, he's a top three at his position. And then you get Trey Smith late, very late from Tennessee, where also Wanye Morris went to school. He went to Oklahoma as well, but he yeah. started at Tennessee. So I, I think we are at the point where, you know how we are with the defensive backs? Where Brett Veach, he just finds these guys in the late rounds out of nowhere and start producing. I think we have to apply that same line of thinking when it comes to offense alignment. I think Y.A. Morris is the next guy in line. Let's talk Justin Ross as well, because there was an update that came out after we recorded our last episode. The NFL settled on a six-game suspension uh, for Justin Ross stemming from his legal matter. Um so they applied that retroactively, meaning his sixth game was actually the Buffalo game. His exemption on the commissioner's exempt list uh, was lifted this week. Andy Reid asked about it on his Monday news or said he'll take the wait and see approach. It's hard to see or it's hard to be gone that long and just jump back in. I don't know if I have any real expectations for Justin Ross. I know Kansas City's kind of searching for the answer in the wide receiver room, Mark, but for him to have been in the mix, then out of the mix, now jumping back into the mix. I, I just wonder if it's like jumping back onto a treadmill that's going 100 miles an hour and Mahomes is yelling at you now. Like, I don't I don't know how much of a factor he can really be down the stretch. But, hey, it's another option. I think you could use him in certain packages. Um, he's 6'4". He's your probably your only receiver that can go up and get a jump ball. I know MBS is about the same height, but – that's not really his skill set. You don't trust him so, to get, to to go up and get it get it. Uh, nah, I don't. But I, I think with Justin Ross, the last time we saw him play, remember that catch he had against the Vikings down the sideline where Mahomes threw it up. It was like third. And, yeah, it was. It was like third and seventeen. It was a crazy catch. I'll send it to you. You, you probably forgot. It's been a while. But he went up and got it. Like that was really impressive. That's we played like real games play. since then, Mark. You know, we've played like actual. I, I know. No, this was this year. It was a real game. Oh, it was regular against the Vikings. I don't remember this. No. <laughs> yeah, he had two catches in that game for twenty-eight yards on four targets. Impressive. And one of those catches was twenty yards. I mean, hey, 
the floor is very small. I mean, very low when it comes to this wide receiver room. So I, I got to come away with something. I got to get something, man. But, I mean, I don't see why not he can't be involved in certain packages with the state of this current wide receiver room. It's not like there's anybody that you got to say, oh, he can't take snaps from NBS or Justin Watson or Sky Moore. Like, why not? So, obviously, I, we got to see where he's at. Uh, he should be at practice tomorrow, right? You'll be there. Is that I right? I sure will. I will be there. Okay, okay. So, look out for Aaron Ladd. He'll have a viral clip of Justin Ross at practice that will go viral because, you know, Chiefs Kingdom loves any Justin Ross footage. So, I'm sure he'll be all over that one. But, yeah, man, I, I'm not, like, having these super crazy expectations, but I can see them in certain packages for sure. Uh, Let's get oh, to our – Side note, side note. I want to say this on the Y.A. Morris topic. Yeah. I, I noticed he, he's from your – he's from your hood, man. He's from Georgia. I don't think we talked about that. He, no, from, I didn't know that. He's from, you know, Grayson, Georgia? Where's that? Ah, okay, Grayson, yeah. Football powerhouse down in uh, in Georgia. And the reason I found out, I found out today because on their Instagram page, he was the guy that was taking questions on the Chiefs official Instagram page. I see. And somebody asked him about uh, who was your favorite player growing up. He said Julio Jones because he's from the Atlanta, Georgia area. So I was like, oh, okay, it's pretty cool. He might be my goat after hearing that. I mean, <laughs> hey. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's get to our Chiefs uh, preview. Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. Oh, man. There's no way they can lose this game. (laughs) There's no way, right? Like everything is going wrong the sky is falling literally in the chief's press room that is something that happened sunday at arrowhead but like i don't know i don't care how bad it is for kansas city right now i don't care how many points per game they're averaging less than last year or matt Nagy versus Derek Bieniemy, or if Kadarius tony can line up in the state of missouri or the state of kansas again like i don't care they can't lose this game, Mark Gunnels. They're, pay- they're playing the New England Patriots. This game you- used to be in prime time way back when, but the Patriots are so darn bad that they don't even want to play them on Monday night anymore. Eight and five Chiefs, three and ten Patriots. Noon start Sunday, December 12th from Foxborough. Three words, get right game. Yeah, and this game to me is not about the opponent. It's about the Kansas City Chiefs. and eliminating these self-inflicting wounds because that doesn't that doesn't matter who you're playing if you're just doing things that beat yourself you know penalties offsides dropping ball dropping balls things of that nature so i just want to see a clean game because they're they're still moving the ball Aaron. like they're still one of the top teams when it comes to efficiency like between the 20s 
but it's like when they get down there, things just implode. Like they take a sack or an interception or a fumble. It's always something weird happening. Can you clean that up? You have this is the last quarter of the season, four games left, final month. So, and you're playing against lesser opponents. So I do think it sets up well for them to get things right, to build some momentum heading to the playoffs because they're going to make the playoffs. And I saw some people panicking and acting all crazy. Like, they're still going to win the division. Calm down. But the question is, can they get to that level where you're like, okay, they're playing championship-level football. They can go in and beat any team on any given day because right now, no, they're not showing that. I totally agree. I'm just projecting. They haven't shown it to us all year. You've been projecting all year long about what they will be and what they can be when it clicks. We're going into week 15, Mark, and it has not clicked yet. I mean, at some point, we got to just say this is who they are. That's not all the way true. They still have quality wins against the Jaguars. You beat the uh, Miami Dolphins. You beat you know, they didn't score in the second half against the Dolphins. The defense had to win that game for you. And the Jags win was week two. Okay. Week two. Okay. It wasn't even okay. Like, come on, bro. So you're telling me a team led by, okay, let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Even if they beat the Patriots by 45 points this weekend, I don't care. That's, that's in the same category as the, as the bears win for me, because it's not a good football team. So, so, so you're telling me there's no game left that would impress you unless the Bengals, unless you count that game. The only thing that would impress me the rest of the way is winning out. That would be the most impressive thing because right How now, that impress you though, because you don't even care about the opponent. Because at that point, and when I mean went out, I mean like went out through Vegas, not oh, went out. Oh, I thought you were <laughs> not, oh. not went out through oh, because okay. even if you went out through and get to twelve and five, that's still the same recipe as playing one home game in wildcard weekend, that game that could technically be an email that we know is going to be. They can still get the one seed there. It's not that far-fetched. You just need the, the Ravens to lose twice. Have you seen their schedule? The Ravens play at Jacksonville this week, then at the Niners. They play the Dolphins and the Steelers. They can't go two and two in that stretch. And you just need Miami to lose one more game. They play the Cowboys, the Bills, in the Ravens. There was a point in time in where Rasheed Rice was telling Sky Moore where to line up this past Sunday. Like that, that, that's that's where we are. <laughs> that's where we are with this offense still. Like I don't like I'm not looking at anybody else's schedule. I don't care about their backup quarterback. Like all this other stuff is semantics to me. Until you can get your own house in order, I'm not looking anywhere else. Beat the Patriots. Nothing else matters right now. So Aaron Ladd, the journalist from Mizzou, is telling you guys that he's being closed-minded and nothing the Chiefs do these last four games will change his mind on if they are a Super Bowl contender or not, no matter if they win by 40 in every game. I think, I'm just, being, I think I'm just being realistic about where they are. I mean, it, this kind of reminds me of, and this is, this is still football, but college football, like, Alabama coming into this year, right? Dynasty, but we knew this year wasn't their best year talent-wise. They don't have the overwhelming talent on the field that they used to have to just overwhelm and beat teams off the bus. Like for Casey, they don't have overwhelming talent at all. They didn't have it last year. But they had serviceable, they had better talent than they do now. 
What, just Juju? Juju's part of it, yes. Who else? I think that they were a better team last year than they are this year. Also, coaching-wise. Oh, okay. They, that's that's the only other angle you can go with because the roster they is had a bad pretty, cop in the room. The roster's pretty much the same. I mean, you Juju left and you inserted Rasheed Rice. I mean, it's not like and defensively, you got more talent this year. So I mean, since we've been recording on Tuesdays, we haven't had our normal Wednesday injury report, but we're definitely keeping an eye on the availability of Isaiah Pacheco, who missed us last week. I think Tracy Wolfson even had a report that. She was the one who did the sidelines for this game, right? I don't want yes, to make correct, that correct. to the right person. That he was having trouble lifting his arm in the week leading up to practice, which could be noteworthy. And honestly, if it's a New England team that you feel confident about beating on the road with how Clyde played last week, I think he was another bright spot to go along with with Wande Morris. Like, I think this could be a week where you're without Isaiah Pacheco once again. But it, it beat New England, man. I, I, I don't. Let's take a look at the AFC playoff picture. I'm moving kind of fast because I want us to get all these voicemails in before uh, we hop out of here on on episode 68. You think the Chiefs have a legit route to the number one seed. Um, And it's there. Nick Wright posted something about it on, on X this week. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Do you have it? I don't have it on me right now. Wow. This second. I mean. Thanks. You're the you're the host here. <laughs> <laughs> the Chiefs pass to the one seed, however, Slim just opened up a bit with the Miami loss. If KC wins out against New England, Vegas, Cincinnati, and the Chargers, Miami loses one of the last final four against the Jets, Cowboys, Baltimore, or Buffalo, and Baltimore loses two of their final four. It's tough, but not impossible. I think KC ends up in that two three range. In the AFC, I think they win the first playoff game, and then uh, Mahomes has to go on the road uh, for the first time in his career. I mean, it's very possible. I, I have the Chiefs winning out, full disclosure. Shocking. I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be <laughs> <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> they they legit may be a touchdown or more favorite in every game. The only one I'm not sure about is Cincinnati, but it is in Kansas City. So they'll be you not worried about Denver at all? No. Why would you worry about Denver if I control my own destiny? Let me give you some numbers on Denver really quick. Go ahead. Shoot them to me. Since week seven, the Denver Broncos are six and one, allowing 15 and a half points per game, an opposing quarterback rating of 36.5, and have 18 takeaways. That's six, since week seven. All those are top three numbers in the league. Okay. I mean, uh, congratulations. Congratulations to the Denver Broncos. You're finally back to being a, a competent football team. You, you went from being unwatchable to watchable. Congrats. Don't do, don't be dismissive, guy, because if I pulled up those same numbers for KC, you would be trying to paint a different picture. Talking about, oh, well, they still have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And until they get beaten that whole, like, bro. They're playing better ball than KC is right now. That's fine. So you got to win in the division? No, but I would be worried. I would be yellow light. I, I, I mean, your your lead has evaporated. You are not playing well enough offensively to overlook any opposing quarterback at this point. I think the defense has regressed just a small bit. Not that they're playing worse ball, but I think teams are coming in with an express game plan. Like, 
the the plan this week for Buffalo was to exploit Kansas City's second level. Like the linebackers were getting ragtagged around the field. Nick Bolton had a rusty first quarter and some change, eventually made some plays down the stretch. But teams are finding ways to exploit Kansas City's defense. And since the offense can't score more than three touchdowns, like <laughs> you can lose to anybody any given Sunday. 100%. 100%. But I, I do not in see a world especially for this week, where the Chiefs lose to the New England Patriots. I, I just don't. And I, I think your next two are get-right games because the Raiders just lost 3 to nothing at home to the Minnesota Vikings, who just benched their quarterback, Joshua Dobbs. <laughs> that was a good story for a couple weeks. You know, when Antonio Pierce and the feel-good vibes, smoking cigars in the locker well, smoking blunts if you're a Max Crosby What's in that? the locker room. You said what? What's a blunt? <laughs> anyway, uh, but <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> but I, that story has definitely died down. I mean, that was, I didn't, I didn't watch none of that game, obviously, but three to how? Three to nothing? But when I scrolled on the ticker, I know you, you, were, you were at the game, but mm -hmm. I kept seeing it like, is that a typo? How is it zero zero in the third quarter? <laughs> that game was crazy, bro. But, yeah, man, everything is still in front of the Chiefs. It really, truly is. I mean, even if you're the two seed, that still doesn't mean the Arrowhead Invitational is off. Because in the last five years, they weren't the one seed all five years. They were only one seed three of the five years. Because, obviously, the one seed lost before the conference championship. So that is still in play, whether you're the one seed or not. I think people kind of forget that. Let's get to Vegas. Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by at least Let's go to Vegas with Mark. Look, Aaron's not happy. That's crazy. I go 3-0 and Aaron's just sitting there on his laptop. Well, I was I wanted to make sure I got this stat right. The Chiefs are 3-3 three and three in six games at Arrowhead Stadium this year. So That's crazy. Maybe the Arrowhead Invitational isn't uh, – <laughs> Isn't an advantage for the world champion Chiefs. What has been an advantage for Mark Gunnels is he's getting he's getting better. He's getting his picks right. He's learned. He's staying away from the extra point props. Thank goodness. And went perfect three and zero last week. He nailed the under. It was at forty seven and a half. I believe the final score was twenty to seventeen. That's thirty seven. He called the Bills winning. He had the Bills covering at two and a half was the number in the Bills. Uh, one by three, so that's an easy cash. They won outright. And then Kelsey, you, you hammered the over at 78 and a half. Travis Kelsey, I believe, finished with 83 yards on the day, uh, but didn't get the win. Mark Gunnels went 3-0, and his first perfect week in Vegas all season. <laughs> better late than never. Never late is better. Mark Gunnels is 14-24-1 and one on the year, so you need about... I can still get the 500. Yeah. <laughs> You need a couple more three and zero weeks and some prayers. Let's get one more. Let's stack it here. Let's go three and zero again this week ahead of the New England Patriots game. Mark Gunnels has three more plays. Take it away. All right, man. So let's start here. You know your typical Vegas bet, and I love it. I'm taking the Chiefs to cover the spread. It's minus nine and a half. This is a New England Patriots team. Outside of last week, they scored twenty one points. I don't know how that happened. But before that, zero, seven, six, 17, 
17. This is a really, really bad offense. I don't care who's a quarterback, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, uh, Bailey Zippy, whatever. Doesn't matter. Don't love it. I don't see them scoring that many points. Chiefs offense gets rolling. The Patrick Mahomes meltdown will be the turning point of this year. It will be looked back in the NFL lore when we look back at this season years from now. Remember that defining moment against the Buffalo Bills and Arrowhead when Mahomes meltdown? I'm telling you, the storyline is already written. I've seen the script, Aaron. So give me Chiefs minus nine and a half. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Next play, player props. He's due. He is long overdue. Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown. It's been too long. We haven't seen this kid get in the end zone. Yeah, I'm calling him a kid because he looked a little spry um, uh, last week. He did. That that play when he threw up the Tony, he drew a couple guys. I'm like, okay, maybe he's getting a little healthier because he hasn't looked that spry in previous weeks. So maybe there's something there. He hasn't been in the end zone in the past three games. He hasn't been in the end zone since the Philadelphia game. I feel like forever ago. So I, I like the law averages here. I think he's due. And if you're feeling a little risky, put him down for two touchdowns. But I think he definitely gets one. That's my official play. I'm not, that's not my official play, Aaron. But the odds, you if you put him for two touchdowns, so you, have that you, one had, you had one three in a week, and now you're like, actually, just put him down for two touchdowns. That's <laughs> not my official play, Aaron. I'm just saying for the people out there that have extra money. To spin, if you're feeling a little risky, put him down for two, and I'm sure you'll get a crazy payout. And I don't think it's that far fetched, man. He's due. He's due. But he, he's going to get one for sure. And then my last play. So I, I was going back and forth on this one. There's a lot of good options here. But I'm going to go to the over under. Set 37. I'm taking the under, the under in this game. Because, like I mentioned, the Patriots, I don't see them scoring more than 10. And while I think the Chiefs' offense will get rolling, they're not going to score in the 30s, though. I'm thinking you're talking about a 24 to 7, 24 to The 16. offense getting rolling for Casey is 24 20. points. That's that it? You just said they haven't scored 20, and you said they can't score 20. It's, you got to start somewhere, Aaron. The bar is on the floor. Jesus. You got to start somewhere. I could see 27 at most, but the Patriots aren't going to score more than 10. So you'll still be under the 37 over under here. So I, I like that play a lot. It's, it's just more about me fading this Patriots offense and loving the Chiefs defense in this matchup. So those are my three plays. Chiefs minus nine and a half on the full game spread. Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown. And the under on the total points at 37. Don't hate it. Don't love it. Let's get to our voicemails here. <laughs> Serta, just load them up and roll through them. As a Chiefs fan in Western New York, I'm sick of this. But with that said, <laughs> why on fourth down, game on the line, Rasheed Rice is standing on the sideline next to Can't Line, Onsides, Tony. It makes no sense. You have Sky Moore and MVS in the game on fourth down. What are we doing? Y'all hate when Rasheed Rice comes out. Like, Rasheed Rice cannot catch a, a single breather during the game or else GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium just – it's like, my man, we understand he's the number one option, 
there's other guys on the team. There's but other is, guys. But this is fourth down with the game on the line, though. This is a different situation. Why why wouldn't he be? He's your best receiver. The game is on the line. Go to the next one. Go to the next voice. Two man. things. One, they're able to play these two high coverages and variations of them almost to perfection because they are locking down the outside. Diggs is invisible. Davis is invisible as they can continue to do that and force Buffalo to go 13, 14 plays down the field. The defense will still give you a chance on offense. I think they found a little bit of something not having MVS on the field. I didn't see them in that last drive. So that was obviously during halftime, hoping for a second half adjustments. <laughs> I did think that, I mean, as we talked about a little bit earlier, like Buffalo's emphasis seemed to be trying to play over the middle of the field, attack the second level of the defense. Like, I think KC's strong point all year long has been their defensive backs and like their safeties. Like obviously before the Brian Cook injury, like he was playing extremely well. Justin Reed has had his spots. We all know what Trent McDuffie can offer. Like the only way it seems like to attack this Kansas City defense or to have consistent success attacking it has been the linebackers. It's been a revolving door there. We'll monitor Drew Tranquil's availability as he tries to work back from that concussion. Nick Bolton looked a little uh rusty at times but tried to work back i, I they should win out in my opinion we got hey y'all i love what uh mark and aaron do on coast to coast i appreciate you especially being a chiefs fan out of the northeast uh, you might have seen me i was uh gym class hero the new high school travis kelsey thing anyways my question is why the hell did we draft fau man can't see the field one of our best positions in terms of depth and talent Michael Mayer was on the board. We could have got a playmaker. Why the hell did we draft FAU? Why the hell? You go first. Well, and I've heard this earlier on 610. That pick, I think at the time, they thought he would be a, a rotational guy this year. But the fact that guys are playing at such a high level. Mike Dana. Yeah. It, it's got to the point where it's like you can't really fit him in. Just yep. and if you do, just be for the sake of he's a first round pick. We got to get him out there. Yeah. But it, it's a long term thing, man. I mean, yeah, you could have got Michael Mayer to tie it in, and you could have got an immediate impact guy right now. But every first round pick isn't going to be a immediate guy. It, it, it doesn't always work like that. I know we like the. Uh, romance these first round picks and think they're going to come in immediately and be an impact. It's not always like that, especially when you're picking last in the first round. It's not like it was a top 10, top 15 pick. This is the last pick in the first round. So I'm just yellow light, yellow light, yellow light. I'm impressed with you showing some patience. I think we also know that the Chiefs were trying to trade up and there's a lot of reporting that shows that they were trying to be aggressive, just didn't work out. They stay back. They take the hometown kid. He's in a room where there's a lot of guys that are productive ahead of him. And, you know, maybe you don't see the full payoff this year. But if you're not able to re-sign some of those guys like a Derek Nottie or a uh, Mike Danner or somebody, one of those guys moves on. You got an FAU who's been sitting, cooking, stewing, marinating, learning, developing and, and ready to step up. Some good voicemails. Always love the voicemails. Please include your names so we can shout y'all out. Appreciate y'all tapping in with us. 816-514-1267. We'll shout out that blast again on halftime of every game as we do. Hopefully there'll be some like better energy in the air uh, as the Chiefs are just like destroying New England. Right, we, need a, we need an easy week, man. 
It should be. It should be. And uh, I, I think it will be. That's why I took the Chiefs minus nine and a half. So that that's where I'm laying my money at. So it better be. It's a couple questions in the chat. Sorry we couldn't get back to y'all. Kind of a busy pod this week with the reaction to the game. But please keep tapped in with us. Mark Gunnels is going to hop back in space. So maybe you can catch him there. I'm sure you could, like, you know, raise your hand in a in a chat room or something like that, and he'll get to you. <laughs> While Aaron's going to go hoop at your local gym somewhere. Hey, look, man. Some of us got to actually put the work in. You know what I'm saying? What you, what's your record? You going undefeated today? I don't want to speak on that. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to speak on that. We'll, we'll check in next week how Aaron did today. For Mark Gunnels in L.A., Steven Sturter behind the board. I'm Aaron Ladd here in Kansas City, Coast to Coast Boys. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premiere. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premiere is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas city. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.